0: ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. Present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC.
1: <laughs> As of this Friday, January 31st, the drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines 877 420 Talk. That is 877. 877- Miller Lite, hold true. Great taste. Only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. I like doing a Friday show when we have a Marshall victory to talk about. Tavion Kinsey, Iron Bennett, both with 18 points. Marshall gets the win. I was worried about him for a while. They go into that game. They have a huge lead. And then they start to lose it. They go into halftime with a one-point deficit. And I'm a little worried about him. Second half, uh, no problem. Shot better couple of big runs, and they beat Florida International 84-74. Jared West was a star in that game. Andrew Taylor was a star. Marco, 12 points. He was a star in that game. And the Hurts better now. 10-12, and 4-5 in Conference USA. Bennett was a machine. I mean, come on. Bennett just ran the court, dunked the ball at one point. He had an entourage bigger than what I usually have on a game day. It was, it was huge. I wish I had that kind of entourage. Just, I mean, That was presidential-level security, and nobody was in his way. And he just goes up, and I'm talking to Bill Cornwell this morning, and Bill's like, I'm watching highlights on Stadium. I'm like, okay, that was your first problem. And I didn't see that coast-to-coast run. I'm like, it's Stadium. Don't worry about it, Bill. It's okay. It's all right. But, yeah, come on, that was highlight-worthy. So we got that game to get into. A good night for the Thundering Herd. We'll run down all the superlatives and we'll take your phone calls at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Then later on, I've got an eyewitness in studio. He's going to tell me about everything that happened with Marshall women's basketball last night. That's right. It's Friday. That means Spencer Dupuy joining us once again in studio. This is sort of your pre-internship of course, Spencer, a student at WMUL, the student radio station over on Marshall University's campus. He's on the program with us now, and uh, you didn't have a happy time with women's basketball yesterday. That's your cue to actually take the microphone, Spencer. As an intern, I know this, These broadcasting. Come on, come on, you're a graduate senior. You know this. How you you're doing, right. brother? Do. How you
2: been? I do. It was that last night, I, FIU just could not miss. That was the that was the whole thing. FIU couldn't I cannot pronounce this woman's name, but she could not miss from beyond the arc. That was the whole thing. And Marshall couldn't make it for the beginning of the the first quarter, I believe Marshall shot eighteen percent.
1: So the unpronounceable student athlete's name, which we don't have because you can't pronounce it, she rocked the herds world yesterday. Okay, we'll get her name later because we've got and I haven't listened to it yet. I purposely have not listened to it yet, but based on your description, I want to hear it. It's seven minutes in total. Do we have to air all seven minutes of Tony Kemper to get the full effect? Or is there a certain point where we've
2: got it and we've, we're good? I'd say six and a half because then it just, that one end, the ending part's just not. Is there not, a bad not... question or something? Yeah, very bad question. I don't want to call out this media member's name because. The nameless media member asked a question to Princess who scored her first career double-double, 12 points, 12 rebounds, about it being her coming out party, and the Herd lost that game, so <laughs> I don't necessarily know that's the right question to ask.
1: Wait, wait a minute. Let me get this straight. A member of our media, we're all together, our media, our team, our media, asked a question this hey, it's your coming out party and Marshall lost. Yeah. Okay. I definitely want to hear that question now. <laughs> Let's see. Who was there covering the game media wise yesterday? Um WMUL? The Parthenon. Correct? Yes. Herald Dispatch? Yes. Okay, so that's three. I know Grant's not asking any questions. Oh, Tim Stevens was there. That was not Tim Stevens. Tim, Okay, Tim, was, Tim didn't ask the question. No. But I'm saying Tim's not going to ask a question like that. No, he's not. Okay, so I know the MUL kids aren't going to do that. Exactly. Okay, and I know the Parthenon kids aren't going to do that. Well, the Parthenon kid would be me. So okay,
2: so you didn't do it. I definitely didn't
1: do it. I wouldn't speak of it. Okay, and Taylor Huddleston, she's another Parthenon kid. She's not going to do it. No. All right. Um, right. Let's see. Keith Morehouse there? No, he wasn't. Jimmy was there. Jimmy Tracy. Okay, Jimmy's not going to do that. Let's see. Um, CJ Harvey there, Channel 8? He was not there. Any representative from Channel 8?
2: I don't believe so.
1: Okay. Um, Anna Tarulo, was she there from Channel 13? She knows she was not there. What?
2: So Her colleague was there.
1: Okay, Jake was there. All right, I can't wait to see which one of these people messed up. You're not going to tell me. I'll find out later on my own. We'll hear from Tony Kemper a little bit later on. We'll talk about that game. And of course, uh, as I mentioned, we'll get your phone calls in. 877-420-TALK. 877-420-8255. Usually on a Friday we have fun, so we invite you to do that as well. And I can do that today because Marshall won last night, so that makes it a lot easier to do what I want to do. And that's just have fun, talk sports with you. And we're going to do that also. We're going to break down what happened with the Thundering Herd, men's and women's teams. We've got Matchups coming up on Saturday, Florida Atlantic, FAU coming to Huntington, and the Herds going to them in both women's and men's sports. Plus, right here on these very airwaves on Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. I can say Super Bowl because we are your official broadcast home in the tri-state of the Super Bowl. Right here, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I, I don't have to worry about saying like the superb owl. The Super Bowl, the spectacular, Yeah, I, there are so many different ways. The big game, I don't have to say that. Uh, and really, I can say Super Bowl because I'm speaking about it in, a, in an editorial context. The NFL can't stop me from saying Super Bowl because I'm discussing the game in an editorial context. If I was trying to make money off of it, like, hey, come on down to Paul's Super Bowl party, I can't do that. Lesson learned, right there, Spencer. Just uh, keep that in mind. You'll you'll need to know that information later in your in your professional career. All right, we'll take our first break. Come back. Get your phone calls in. We'll talk Marshall basketball with you. Super Bowl coming up as well. We'll get into that here on ESPN ninety four point one FM and AM nine thirty.
0: The Drive with Paul Swan, Marshall Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. He knows Paul's the best on ESPN ninety four point one FM and AM nine thirty.
1: Awful kind of Mr. Hammer to say that. Welcome back to the drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Special intern superstar, Spencer Dupuis, with us as well. Like, I got to introduce you. If I'm going to use you as a crutch later on here, I got to introduce you and, and build you up and make you part of this thing. I can't just randomly say, hey, oh, by the way, let's open the microphone up and this uh, kid behind the microphone is going to talk. So I have to build you up now. I guess you do. Yeah. Uh, there was, I had one producer, I wouldn't let him talk in the radio at all. Ever. His name was Slim. I would never let him talk. Never, ever, 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 ever. Because I remind him, like, dude, nobody wants to hear from you. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) So, answer, you got a sports background. So, you know, you're following the footsteps of Luke Creasy (laughs) as our our recent intern. So, you're following his footsteps, and we'll, um... We'll take advantage of He's it. He's not
2: your most recent intern,
1: though. Um, I blacked out that other guy from my memory. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm the reason his jump shots off a little bit.
2: Because he was too busy sitting in here, he could have been in the gym.
1: That's my it's my fault. That's right, because Jansen Williams with my intern, his jump shot was off. Hey, you know what Jansen did in that game on on the court? He had five points. He was out there 20 minutes, 5 points, 2 of 5 shooting, 1 from th- one of 3 from the 3-point line here, um, no free throws.
2: I'd say that's a slight improvement.
1: I'm going to take it, 3 rebounds. He had 1 turnover, no blocks. Marshall had 5 blocks. Not their best night, not their worst night either. But the big numbers you take away from this is Tavion Kinsey had 18, Iron Bennett had 18, Jared West had 13, Andrew Taylor had 14, Marco had 12, uh, Darius George had four, and Jansen had five. You didn't get any scoring from anybody else. Uh, Jeremy Dillon, uh, you got six minutes out of him, no points. You got uh, Michael Byers out there for a couple minutes, no points. Uh, Gorham was out there for four minutes, missed his only shot, no points there. Uh, not many opportunities, as we said, from the free throw line. Rebounding, uh, they got out-rebounded. Marshall got out-rebounded 44-36. Defensively, Marshall... Got out rebounded 29 to 28. I don't know if you can really compare those two because it's really offensive versus defensive boards. And Marshall only had eight offensive boards. FIU had 15 offensive boards. The hustle points, as uh, I call them, as I've gotten Bill Cornwell now calling them the hustle points. Yeah, this little, they should just put this little box here Paul Swans hustle points. And uh, points in the paint. Marshall had 43 in that game. And FIU had 34 points off turnovers. That's the big one right here. I think that's really the big one. And you saw that, especially in the second half. Marshall's also pretty good shooting in that second half. 29 points off turnovers. FIU only had 19. I mean, you got that's a number you got to have right there. Second chance points, of course. Uh, FIU took a little bit more advantage of the herd there, 17 to 10. and, And that kept them in it for a while. Fast break points, Marshall had seven, FIU none, bench points 9-4. Really, benches were a big factor in this game. But you talk about shooting. And in the first half, Marshall was 37.8% from the field, 14 of 37. And then in the second half, a lot better, 20 of 30. They made more and they took less. 66.7%. So for the game, they were shooting over 50%. But really that second half is what did it. Uh the three point shot much better because if you look at those numbers, that first half, they shot one of fifteen from the three point line. One of fifteen, they were they were hitting the ocean. Nowhere near the bucket. They were hitting the ocean, and that's pretty close to where they were. And let me talk about that court for a second. Spencer, you watched that game a little bit. You didn't watch the game at all?
2: No, I had to write my story for the part of the women's game.
1: Okay, well, I would assume you would have watched the game. It was on ESPN+. So
2: I, I watched the, the very couple minutes during halftime. Okay,
1: so you watched some of the game.
2: But it was it was the very beginning. It was when Kinsey was, uh, which really confused me. He he was at the free throw line, but nobody was around him. So I thought there was a technical, but there wasn't a technical. I don't know what was going on. It was like 8-4 to four at that point. You see that court, though? I don't know. I don't have a fan
1: of that. That court's terrible. There's really no distinction between the baseline and the artwork they have there.
2: It's terrible. When I started watching it, I thought that was out. Like I thought it was out of bounds. Yeah, that was it's horrible. That's and they had like a little
1: I don't know if that spinner was behind the uh, the one end zone there for the behind the basket. I mean it wasn't there weren't seats there, there weren't fans there, this had like a little spinner there to confuse the shooter. I was in the second half. I'm like, that's bush. I mean, if it was students behind there, that's one thing. That's fun. That's fair. But it was like, hey, let's put a spinner back here and get some poor FIU intern and in the sports department to go spin that thing. You know what I'm talking about. You, you didn't see that. But I just, they're not a basketball school. Their facilities FAU is doing a lot better in facilities. I'm going to say that right now. FAU is the better school when it comes to facilities. And they're in a tough spot because really, they're not going to be the main attraction ever in their own community. I mean, it looked like a glorified high school gymnasium. And that's what Conference USA brought in, FIU, more for their football than their basketball. And really, why do you have FIU and FAU in Conference USA? Because coaches can go down to Florida once a year for the most part and recruit Florida. That's it. That's it. you play an FIU one year, you get to go down, play them, and you get to recruit Florida. The next year you're down playing FAU, you get to, record, yeah, get to the court or the field and you can recruit Florida. I mean, that's fine. I get it. I understand totally. But that was Marshall's, um, Marshall's pretty much owned that series as of late, and that was FIU's first loss on the home court this season. And I'm like, where's the home court advantage here? What makes this place special? It's terrible. But the Thundering Herd got it done. And really, you got to generate your own energy in that building. And not to say they're they're not nice people or, or wonderful addition to Conference USA. It's just they're not bringing much in basketball. FAU will be a different story. it be a little bit better. But still... Marshall's had success in FAU and FIU's home, and they've been pretty successful winning those games on the road or at the Henderson Center. I mean, I'll mean, i say this. You, know, you complain about basketball attendance across the country, at least in Conference USA, Marshall's holding its own. If not, uh, not near the top, at the top. Just depends on the week, and depending on the opponents the other teams have in the league. But you know what the attendance was? Um, here's the attendance, official attendance. Spencer, are you ready for this? I don't think so. One thousand one hundred and seventeen. Your official attendance for Marshall at FIU.
2: Marshall's two. Marshall can get more people at a women's basketball game, which doesn't have a big crowd, than they can get at a men's basketball game.
1: What's the official attendance last night? You remember top of your head?
2: I think it was like seven, maybe seven. They've gotten over a thousand before.
1: 1,117, your official attendance for Division I college basketball on a Thursday night in Florida.
2: Well, the problem is Thursday night, Miami, Florida? There's the reason right there. What are
1: they doing Thursday night in Miami, Florida? What's going on this week in Florida?
2: Uh, I don't know. You know, just something big.
1: You did okay with that. I threw the sarcasm softball. You did okay with it. You didn't swing for the fences, but you did all right with that.
2: I do know a WMUL alum was down there last night at the game. Okay. Marquez Davila.
1: All right. Good to know. All right. That brought value to the program. Thank you, Spencer. I appreciate that. All right. Uh, the phone numbers to be a part of the show. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Paul Swan, my... In turn, I've, he's green. I've got to work on him, Spencer Dupuis. Uh, my goal is to make you as good as Luke Creasy. That's my goal.
2: All right, all right, it's yeah, fair enough.
1: Okay, that's the goal. You, you, I mean, the problem was Luke Creasy was Luke Creasy good when he walked in here, Spencer. So it's a, it's a, some big shoes to feel.
2: I guess so, but it's sad that he's not using it.
1: He's reporting for the Herald Dispatch.
2: I thought he was going to start some podcast. Maybe he will. I thought it was going to be the, the Swan and Creasy podcast.
1: I mean, I work on his schedule, sir. I work on Luke Creasy's schedule. He definitely has uh, no time for me right now because he's, uh, he, he's covering all of Wayne County, I think.
2: You got me there. Yeah,
1: he's covering all. He's got a county to cover. He'll make time for me when he has a chance. Uh, FIU losing this game and... Um, FIU now dropping to 5-4, and four, Marshall 4-5. Four and five. More importantly, Marshall is inching their way out of pod 3. That's really the big takeaway from this is Marshall got some momentum with this win. It was decisive. They dug themselves a hole, and they dug themselves out of that hole. I mean, Marshall had a, a big lead, 14 points at one point. FIU had a 7-point lead with 7.14 to go in the first. Marshall had a 14-point lead with 2.57 to go in the second. And Marshall did lead this game for the majority, 26 minutes and 44 seconds. That's a big number there. 26 minutes and 44 seconds. FIU led 9 minutes and 27 seconds. And the game was tied for 3 minutes and 49 seconds. Marshall had control of this game for the most part. And you look at FIU, what did FIU do? Well, they were 13 to 38 in that first half, 13 to 30 in the second half. They were better than the herd in the three point line. To be fair, that's what helped keep them in this. They were 4 of 16 from the first half. Second half, they were 4 of 9. So they were 8 of 25 for the game. 8 of 25, 32%, much better than Marshall's 5 of 23, 21%. So you circle that number and think, okay, how did FIU stay in this game? Well, three point line, for example, they they got that. They hit one less shot than the herd in the first half. 13 to 38 Marshall was 14 to 37. The second half Marshall killed them. They both had 30 shots at the basket. FIU hits 13, Marshall hits 20. And the foul line really not a factor, 2 of 6 in that second half, 9 to 10 in the first half. That was a big factor though. But FIU was 9 to 13. So that's pretty much push. Even though FIU had a few more opportunities. Second half, again it's just about push. As far as opportunities were concerned, FIU, they pretty much were five of seven, five of seven, two of six for the herd, five of seven. It's almost push. They had a couple more looks at. It. I mean, we're talking with three points there, five of seven compared to two of six. So really, it wasn't that close where the free throw line every free throw counted. But you got to get those. But they were fourteen to twenty from the free throw line. Marshall was eleven of sixteen. I mean, more importantly, turnovers. FIU had seventeen. That's the big one. You circle that one because Marshall just had 12. And you go back to those second-chance points. Sure, FIU took advantage of the rebound advantage. Marshall took advantage of the turnovers. Ten more points based off of their turnover difference. If they play this way against FAU. Marshall's going to win the weekend. And you heard Tavion. Tavion was talking about that yesterday with Steve Cotton. Just got to go 2-0. I mean, it's almost Doc Holiday mentality. One and o, one and zero. You remember, you, you know those kids? They talk about it every week. Spencer, you're laughing in there because it's true. We go into practice and we um, we go to interviews, and it's hey, we got to be one and o, one and o, one and zero. That's all they talk about. That's what the coaches talk about. You see it on social media. Got to go one and zero. So Danny's got him in the mentality now. Or Tavian, one of the two. Got to be two and zero. Doesn't matter if we get this one. If we don't get the other one, You've got to be two and zero. So that's where their herd is going with their with their basketball. Hey, I'm just happy they got the win. I'm really excited for the turnaround, especially since they're showing that they're a better team than maybe the record indicates. They're ten and twelve right now. Uh, more importantly, they are at least going to have a shot at some decent seating. Pod 2, more than likely where they end up unless something really crazy happens here with some of the top teams over the next few games. But Marshall's got an opportunity to at least make a run late in this season. We'll see if it continues on Saturday. When we come back from break, we'll talk a little bit more about Marshall women's basketball. As I mentioned, Spencer Dupuis, who's our our guest producer this afternoon, he was there covering the game for the Parthenon. He can give us a little bit more insight. And uh, I believe we've got Tony Kemper. I want to hear this, and I want to hear the bad question at the end. We will get all of that when we continue on tonight's edition of The Drive here at ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
0: This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930, presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Guests with Paul Swan appear via the Miller Lite phone lines.
1: So the Marshall women had a chance to win last night. Didn't get the job done. Unfortunately, the comeback falls short. Welcome back to today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Paul Swan with you. Special guest producer, Spencer Dupuy, working the Parthenon angle yesterday, working for me today. Both for free.
2: That's what you got to do to get started, right? Okay,
1: good. Good answer. Good answer. You'll be working for free a lot here. Just to give you the heads-up warning. Uh, so talk to me about that. You were watching it yesterday, uh, listened to a little bit of the broadcast, and didn't get a chance to really take it all in. But Marshall didn't put themselves in a, in a good position, and then they had to fight back hard to get even close and just fell short.
2: Yeah, it really all started in the first quarter. Marshall was able to get out to a 2-0 to zero lead, but then after that it just kind of went quiet completely quiet and during that period uh FIU outscored Marshall 23 to 11 and they shot 53.8% from the from the field going 7 of 13 and 60% from beyond the arc 6 of 10 but Marshall 18.8% from the field and 11.1 from 3 1 of 9 and you can't bury yourselves that deep into a hole and expect a W. But played pretty well. Came out in the second quarter, did pretty well. Not it. It fought back. Continued to fight back. And then in the third quarter, it took a lead. And last night, um, Savannah Wheeler scored a career high twenty-two points. So that was a. There you can't take highlights from everything, but. You know, she scored 22 points, still young, and then mentioned— Her
1: coming-out party, right? Her coming-out party.
2: Clemens, she had, for her first career, 12 double-double with 12 points, 12 rebounds, added four assists. And one thing that happened in that Western Kentucky game last Saturday was that Marshall just turned it over too much. This time, Marshall barely turned it over. Single-digit turnover. So it wasn't that. It was the shooting.
1: Okay, so that was also her coming out party, right? I guess so. What kind of question is that? Hey, is this your coming out party? I want to hear this. You've got Tony Kemper. He wasn't happy. And again, I'm I'm prefacing this by saying, towards the end, uh, I have been told that there was a bad... I have not heard it, but I have been told, and it was described to me as a bad question by an unnamed member of the media... That's, a, that's, that's fair to say. That's good, Spencer. You know why? Snitches get stitches.
2: I mean, you can't throw anybody
1: under the. Oh uh, no, we're not going to throw anybody in the bus. But there's a bad question you said. So, snitches get stitches. So very very wise on your part. All right, I want to hear this. Tony Kemper last night talking to the media. Uh, I got nothing else, man. Let's just do it. Let's hear this
0: twelve points, twelve rebounds, first double
3: double for her in a Marshall uniform. Coach, uh, opening statement, then we'll take questions. Uh, disappointing result. Um, I give a lot of credit to FIU. Came in here and made a whole bunch of shots, and knocked us out. And we we threw it around, shot them, missed them, went back, played defense, did the same thing over and over and over again. And we have to make some big plays, big shots, and big moments. And right now, we're just struggling to do that. And Um, you know I'm frustrated Uh, that is what it is you know I think they're frustrated too I don't think I don't think it's a locker room that doesn't care um, at all I don't think that at all Um, we have to find a way out of the wilderness so to speak and tonight wasn't the night Do you feel
4: you have enough playmakers on this team to deliver victories?
3: Uh, didn't feel like it tonight but I like the group that's in the locker room. So um, they better get their chins up and they better find a way.
4: When you go up against a team who's maybe not at the top of their game, like FIA, they come in on a five-game losing streak. Did you know that uh, you know, maybe you maybe be able to catch them in some spots that they suffered earlier on in the year?
3: Um, yeah, I thought they'd be ready to play. I mean, when you look at what's going on, I mean, it, you know, there's no reason why they wouldn't walk in here and, and be on the top of their game. And they were, you know, they were. They're, they shot the ball statistically better than typical. Um, it was good for them to get 15 back. She hasn't played very much lately, and she had a really nice game. But that's what you're supposed to do. If you're a shooter and they leave you open, you're supposed to make it. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I I don't know. And she did. You know, she knocked us out with the last one. I mean,
4: Yes, you mentioned the word frustrate, frustrating. You feel it, you know, when you look at these set of four games compared to the first set of four games earlier when you guys lost four in a row. Have you noticed? Is it the same type of problems, or is it just different each game?
3: Uh, we've struggled to score offensively. That's been a thing. You know, it's been a thing. It's been, especially lately, it's been more, more like this than the other way. And uh, you know, we're. I know that we've played good teams. I know that tonight, um, FIU, they, they did a nice job. They put, us in, they put us in a hole early. They they basically made every shot they needed to to put us in a really bad way. And I thought we did battle. Uh, we took the lead and then gave it back. Then we had trouble inside guarding Guamirez, which they have a little bit of an advantage in there. Over time, we've got to get better in there. We, we, we just have to. I mean, you can play small and survive a little bit, but, you know, she she scored 13 points on nine shots. You know, that's that's good. We've, we've got to go find that. We've got to go find it, you know.
4: You mentioned that lead. It had to be nice to see this team come back and fight the way they fought,
3: especially giving you that one point late in the third. They fight. They fight. They got to go win it. They got to go win it. I mean, uh, that's been the same. That's been the same. I mean, you know, pat pat me on the back after uh, coming up close at Charlotte. You know, do it again coming back at ODU. Do it again. You got close against what? I mean, who cares? Like, who cares? It doesn't feel any different. I'll tell you that. Doesn't feel any different. Sorry, I'm a, it's a good question, but I. I, w- I want them to win. Like, I, I do. We're not doing it right now. I feel for them. Um, they're good. There's a lot of good people that are going to be successful in there when they get done. And they're – it ain't going the way they want it to go. And I got to help them get there. What did
4: you tell them in the locker room
3: after the loss? We got practice tomorrow at 10, and we talked about some other things. Um, You know, they have to keep their chins up. This is life. This is life. (laughs) You know, Um, I I think that uh, I I haven't. I haven't seen us as hungry as I think we can be. You know, like it's. I just don't I don't think we're as hungry as I think we should be. And so I talked a little bit about that.
4: And how about the play of Princess? I mean, first double double for her. It had to be nice seeing, you know, someone who's worked so hard come up with some major rebounds and some major baskets.
3: Yeah, I thought she did good, you know. I thought she did good. Um, She's stepped up in in, uh, Ashley's absence, and um, she's having to guard some people that have some size on her. But, you know, I, I have a lot of belief in her ability to do that. Um, you know, she rebounded the ball well on the defensive end. Um, you know, she's, she's a good basketball player. And, um, you know, I think she's done a nice job of understanding we needed her to step up, and I think the last two games she has.
2: Coach, one of your key takeaways from the Western game was you guys turned it over too much tonight, only seven turnovers. So improvement on that side of the ball
3: yeah i mean they, they they played a little different than Western. We shouldn't have turned it over much against them. I did think we had a couple of key ones and spots that that were that bothered us, you know and you know we we shouldn't have turned it over that many times against Western, and we should have turned it over about like we did tonight, but you can't go twenty two of seventy two at home and I mean. That's that's the bottom line.
2: Princess, for you personally, I double, double double today, uh, scoring double figures past two games. Do you feel a little bit more confident in this offense?
4: Um, I feel like I have a little more confidence in myself. Uh, honestly, have to because I have to step up for our team, but still lost. What was it about today's performance that maybe you felt? Did you feel like maybe this was a coming out party for you? That maybe this is a performance that you were just waiting to, to show everybody and now you finally did that? You lost. So I have to say.
1: It's her coming out party, man. Okay. That's the correct answer from her. That is the correct answer from her. I'm glad. That question was asked only because I got an opportunity for her to respond and say, look, I don't care. I could have scored 50 and our team lost. I don't care. That's my takeaway from that question.
2: Yeah, I mean, I agree with you on that. I mean, nothing matters. Like It's to that point in the season where nothing else matters but a win. That's all that counts. If I went up to – Tavion said, Tavion, you scored
1: 35 points. Great performance. How do you feel? And it was a loss. He's gonna look at me like, man, I don't care. I don't care that I got thirty-five points. We lost. I should have got thirty-six. Or I should have got thirty-seven. He doesn't care. They want the win because individual scoring's not The goal, it's to win the game. Now, if she had answered that question, like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I had a great game and all happy about that, I would have had some questions about, about her. But her response is all I needed to hear is we lost. And that means that coach is doing a good job in that locker room measuring the importance of wins and losses. Now, I could tell right there he didn't beat her up. He didn't beat anybody up. And he's not trying to tear them down, but he did point out the obvious. Hey, do you have you know feel like you have a, a locker room full of playmakers? And he's like, oh, I didn't feel it tonight. But at the same time, he's like, look, I'm not going to go tear them down. I gotta, I gotta uplift them. I gotta bring them up. I gotta. I, I like my team in the locker room. He basically said they didn't give me what I wanted, but I still like my team. Just called it out. They didn't do what they could have done, but I still am going in with them. This is the team I have. This is the team I like, and I'm going with them. So, yeah, I didn't like that last question. You know who said it. I know who said it. I'm not going to call him out, but I didn't like that last question. I mean, it's just me. It's personal preference. I'm not saying he's out of line for asking that question. I just didn't like it. Yeah. I mean, I know you you pointed it out to me yesterday. I hadn't really heard this because uh, I wanted to hear this. Because I think martial women's basketball is just as important as men's basketball. So I do want to devote as much time as we can to it. And I want to give them as much as I possibly can, because I sometimes think we ignore some of the Olympic sports and some of the non-revenue sports. And I think martial women's basketball deserves as much as attention as the men's team. Now, granted, it's not going to sell newspapers, It's not going to make tons of money on ESPN Plus or anything of that nature, and I get it completely, but I value what Coach Kemper does enough to devote. How much time did we devote to that? Seven, eight, nine minutes?
2: Yeah. Yeah. You got to give the team credit. Oh, I do. I think they've got a shot if they can play better. 33 points in the second half.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Exactly right. Tony Kemper, not happy, but... I like where he's at right now. At least the uh, the way he came off um, not very not very happy, but at the same time not tearing him down because they did have a valiant effort to come back and it just fell short. I mean, if they had came back, almost all's forgiven. But hey, we got to work on some things. Got the victory, yeah. There's some things that we know yeah, we need to do better. So you know, doesn't you know the the tone would have been completely different in that post game. And then you can ask, hey, you feel like it's your coming out party? We won. (laughs) More on the way, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. It's The Drive, ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930.
0: Never miss a moment of The Drive with Paul Swan. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Wrap it up. Today's edition of the Drive on ESPN, ninety-four point one FM and AM nine thirty, Ponce One. Spencer Dupuy, producer this afternoon. And what's wrong with your boy Will Olmert? Homer. uh, What's wrong with your boy Will Olmer?
2: I don't know. I haven't talked to him since last football season.
1: Here's what he threw out there on Twitter. Well, I don't know what's wrong with him. If Marshall would let me squirrel hunt on campus, we'd all be eating good.
2: What's wrong with your boy Will Omer? I mean he he just wants to be back home in Kentucky. I
1: guess so. He's got that hunting itch.
2: He does. I mean I see on his social media he goes goes home and hunts on the weekends, I'm fairly certain.
1: I, I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to admit this. I, I don't know what this is gonna um put me in good or bad standing with the, the Marshall Squirrel Society, but <laughs> that's kinda funny. <laughs> you didn't see that, did you?
2: No, it's I, like, I haven't been on Twitter a lot today.
1: Yeah, I haven't either. I fired up Twitter just a few minutes ago. I was like, right there in my face is Will Ulmer. If Marshall would let me squirrel hunt on campus, we'd be all eating good. Uh, you got to admit, there is a um, huge population of squirrels, and I don't um, I don't endorse that that tweet of his, and I'm sure he was, he was in jest saying it. I'm trying to cover ourselves here, man. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to cover ourselves because- um, that that was just that was funny. I'm sorry. I, I have to admit that though, um, we can't we can't be having hunting on on campus.
2: No, but I, I understand. He's trying to be comical comical. Excuse me. Because <laughs> He's trying to be funny. Yeah. Th- there's so many. You walk every inch of this of that campus, and there's squirrels everywhere you look. It's it's a
1: safe space for squirrels, man. That's that's been going on since before you were a student at Marshall. Marshall's campus is a safe space for squirrels. All the Huntington Squirrels know if they, if they can make it to the promised land of getting on Marshall's campus, they're set. They're golden. Can't do anything about it. There's no extradition or anything going on here. They are set for life. They hit that campus.
2: I mean, yeah, they're everywhere. They like to – especially in the springtime. I've almost walked into like two or three that were just chilling there and didn't notice that I was walking
1: you're on their campus man (laughs) it appears so they're on their campus all right super bowl coming up on sunday we'll have the game for you right here on espn 94.1 fm and am nine thirty, and we go on the air at two o'clock with our our main coverage from westwood one but stay with us all throughout the morning and the afternoon as we'll be getting you set for super bowl sunday our main broadcast begins at five o'clock 49ers chiefs simple as that who you got
2: who do I got? Who you got? Um, I got Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. Good answer. I'm
1: not rooting for the 49ers.
2: I can't either because Kyle Shanahan. I,
1: I can't root for the 49ers, man. Two close Super Bowls in which the Bengals could have won. I am not now ever rooting for the San Francisco 49ers. In almost anything. Ever. Ever. If the 49ers were playing the Steelers, I'm taking the Steelers. What about the Ravens? If the 49ers are taking on the Ravens, I'm taking the Ravens. Test me some more. Browns. Stadium implosion. (laughs) That's what I'm rooting for. Stadium implosion. Thought you had me there, didn't you? You thought you had me there. Oh no, with the exception of um, with the exception of the 49ers, I don't root for any team in the uh, in the conference except for the Bengals. But the 49ers, that's a different tie. that's a special kind of hatred in my in my heart for them. Now, this is this is just the 49ers. This isn't real hatred towards anybody on that team. I mean, I thought Joe Montana was a legendary quarterback, and I still do. I think Steve Young is a legendary quarterback, still do. I think Jerry Rice is amazing, still do. One of the greatest all-time ever. And individually, I just stand in awe of the 49ers, the, the classic 49ers. What they did, what they have meant to the game of football. But I still am not rooting for the 49ers ever in anything. And that's going to do it for this edition. Um, Back on Saturday, 3 o'clock, for our pregame coverage of Marshall, taking on FAU for Spencer Dupuis. He'll be with us next Friday. I'm taking all the free help I can get, my friend. Next Friday, Spencer Dupuis in studio with me. Hey, that rhymed. For Spencer and Paul Swan, thanks for tuning in to this hopefully fun edition of your day here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, Spencer, uh, make sure you save this recording. It's definitely going into the archives for future award consideration. Good night, everyone.
0: Your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.